This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. So enjoy those. And uh, that's at freetalklive.com. Still a little under the weather, feeling a little bit better today, though. So that's an improvement. Always good when the sickness improves the next day instead of uh, spiraling downward into just utter hell. I'd say I'm probably at an even keel, like same as I was yesterday. Well, uh, we're going to break uh, the, the show out here with uh, some of the most... We, last Yesterday, we started the show with the most absurd news of the year, and this may be the most uh, important news of the year. From the Associated Press, Punxsutawney Phil predicts early spring... That's right, a new pair of hands pulled Punxsutawney Phil from his stump this year, so it was only fitting that the groundhog offered a new prediction. Did they bite him? Did Phil, he bite him? Uh, I don't know. Bite uh, them, I guess. Phil did not see his shadow on Friday, which according Phil to... regularly bites the people who <laughs> try to pull him <laughs> The whole, I love that. That's the part of the story that I love the best. Ah. The, ground, the groundhog bit two people this year. Phil, do you get extra? Do you get like bonuses if he bites you or something? I don't think I don't think it means hail or anything like that. It just means that hey, leave the damn <laughs> groundhog alone. Phil didn't see his shadow Friday, which according to German folklore means folks can expect an early spring instead of six more weeks of winter. And considering that uh, we haven't really had winter yet, then uh, that's an interesting prediction. Since 1886, it's snowing outside. You're saying we don't have winter? This is the fourth snow of the year. So? Up here in New Hampshire. It's still snowing. I guess some people have had winter, but uh, we haven't really. Since 1886, Phil has seen his shadow 96 times, hasn't seen it 15 times, and there are no records for nine years, according to the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. Last time Phil failed to see his shadow was in 1999. More than 15,000 revelers milled about in a misty snow waiting for the prediction as fireworks exploded overhead in the Pennsylvania polka and other music <laughs> blared in the background. He had to have bit somebody with all that noise going on. Now, what do they do? Now, Phil has to want to be back in his hole pretty badly. He's not going to be out there for the crowds look, lip, lifting up his little fat groundhog girth mm-hmm. so that he can look at his shadow. What are they, are they standing with a boot on him? I mean, <laughs> how are they holding Phil in place? I don't know how the, uh, the behind-the-scenes works on that. Not sure. It's an excellent question. Sammy Gaynor, who's 17, said she and her father first attended the ceremony about four years ago. Since then, it's been just good memories of things I do together with my dad. You know, nice to have something to do. Richard Gaynor said, it's just kind of fun seeing people go crazy about a groundhog. Longtime handler Bill Dealey retired and was replaced. The fun part is watching the groundhog bite people. Was <laughs> Come replaced. On. Does he actually live uh, in the local... Like, do they have a special place where he is all year long, or do they bring him out with a special hole that he's in at that just that one day? I, it's my understanding. I, I don't know. They've, they've got the guy named, right? Puxatani. Puxatani Phil. Which is his, so I mean, I guess that's where he is, too, right? Um, so they've got him named. So I would imagine that they probably have uh, a fence around him and somebody takes care of him throughout the year. But you would think that they would tame him a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. teach him about not biting people and stuff. But. Phil pretty much bites every year. Now I wonder if it's like uh, if it's like, oh, what's its name? Shamu at the at the Sea World. You know how they essentially they have different Shamus over time. One Shamu will die, and then they'll have a new Shamu. They'll just call him Shamu, so everyone always thinks that it's always been the same Shamu. Has there been another Punxsutawney Phil? I'm certain there's been um, ones throughout the ages, just as uh, you know, Lassie and Rin Ten Ten were uh, cycled in and cycled out. My question is. Do they just find a groundhog hole and call that guy Puxatani Phil? I don't know. I think it's probably the same Puxatani uh, Phil every year. 
I mean, how many groundhog holes are there? How easy are these things to find? I, I would imagine the holes are pretty easy to find. Reach down and just get yourself a groundhog out yeah. of it. It can't be very easy. <laughs> the, uh, there, again, there's a new handler who has uh, been replaced by the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club Inner Circle members. So they've sort of got, you know, like the Masons and the Illuminati? There's yeah. the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club Inner Circle. So there's the club, and then there's the Inner Circle. These, yep. are, these are the guys that make decisions. Secret handshakes. These are the ones that rule. These are international bankers yeah. that rule the world. <laughs> At least bankers in Punxsutawney. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's exciting to know you're a part of one of the most phenomenal parts of American folklore, says Hughes. Each February 2nd, thousands of people descend on Punxsutawney, a town of just 6,100 people, about 65 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, to celebrate what had been essentially a German superstition. You know what? This is what we get for letting immigrants into this country, Mark. Silly traditions like Punxsutawney Phil. If it weren't for those Germans coming over here, those krauts. Yep. I'm being facetious. I know, it's just silly. I think it's fine. In fact, uh, if it weren't for the German people, then the town of Punxsutawney would probably have absolutely nothing to its name. Mm-hmm. The Germans believe that if a hibernating animal cast a shadow on February 2nd, which is the Christian holiday of Candlemas, uh, winter would last another six weeks. If no shadow was seen, legend said spring would come early. See, now, this is the part that I've never understood about the whole groundhogs thing. It would seem to me winter... Dark, overcast. Like, those things go together, right? Mm-hmm. So, he's not going to cast his shadow Most when of it's the time. in winter. And therefore, <laughs> um, you know, you would say that spring should come when it's sunny. He should cast his shadow and then there should be spring. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, look, spring's here. It's February 2nd. Now, of course, I grew up in Florida. And uh, to me, there really wasn't a winter. Um, right. So, didn't quite get it, but... I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It seems to me that if he casts a shadow, spring should come early instead of six more weeks. Um, and if he doesn't cast a shadow, then it should be six more weeks. It should be the opposite way. Well, don't ask me to explain uh, superstitions to you, Mark. No, no there's, there's there's no way. I'm not asking you to explain them. I'm just saying this doesn't make any sense the, to me. Right. The idea that a groundhog can predict the weather is just as asinine that uh, you can get seven years of bad luck from breaking a mirror or walking underneath a ladder or seeing a black cat. I mean, it's all in that same category to me. Well, you know, there's uh, parts of that, I suppose, uh, make some sense. I mean, you break a mirror. Um, it is bad luck to break a mirror because you could cut yourself. Um, it is bad okay. luck to, to walk under a ladder because, you know, you could get hurt or you could hurt the person on the ladder. Right. Um, these things make some sense. It should be bad luck to reach into a hole in the ground and pull out a rodent with shark teeth. That should be bad luck. Rick McFerrin, an administrator at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, some 30 miles away, walked the whole way to the ceremony. What? 30 miles? To celebrate his 60th birthday and raise money for breast cancer research. Now, that's more newsworthy than Punxsutawney Phil, in my opinion. <laughs> I, would, I would say it is, but there's lots of people walking a, amounts of miles for breast cancer I research. I would say there aren't very many 60-year-olds walking 30 miles. It's a long way to walk. That is a long walk. He said he was skeptical of the Groundhog's prediction. Quote, it's supposed to get bitter cold this weekend, said McFerrin. Well, there you have it. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil failing to see his shadow for the first time in eight years. I wonder what Punxsutawney Phil's, uh, act, well, what the legend uh, manages to produce. In fact, does it work? Um, have they been able to have produ- they run the numbers? Right. Is have it- they shown over time that when he sees his shadow, um, that in fact spring does come early? No. That in fact it is six more weeks of winter? Or um, when he doesn't? I wonder about that. I'm surprised, does it come early? I'm surprised they don't address that in the article. Because that would seem to be a frequently asked question. It doesn't work. 
It doesn't work. No. You're kidding. It's shocker. Is all it does is get these people from the Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil Club bitten. That's all. <laughs> And I've got to say, that's my favorite part. So keep it up, folks. Maybe it's an honor to be bitten by Punxsutawney Phil. You know, like, it's special. (laughs) It's got to hurt. I've still got a scar on my hand from getting bitten by my hamster. Really? I I was a child. There it is. See the little scar? I see that on your thumb there. No, that's that's a hammer scar. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is from from a hamster. And now, if a little bitty hamster can do that, what do you think Puxatani Phil can do? I don't know. He can put a hurt on it. He can take a finger off. 1-800-259-9231. Do you have any silly superstitions that maybe at one time you followed and you don't anymore? Because obviously, if you follow superstitions today, you probably won't be likely to, to label them as silly. I tend to find them all silly, but uh, curious about you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Francisco in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to bring up today, I, a couple of days ago, I called about my libertarian teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes, your history teacher. Yes, uh, we had an uh, argument about a uh, smoking ban today. You and the history teacher? Uh, well, it was basically um, me and the history teacher, but the whole class was listening. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically had the argument that people should, you know, that government should be able to ask private, force private businesses to stop. Yikes! Doesn't sound like much of a libertarian to it, me. He's just a guy who knows what knows the word. Yeah, doesn't he, even know what it means. Yeah, it's one of those people. I want to come back and get the the rest of the story from you here. Hang on, okay? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. One of those people like a Neil Bortz who just wants to apply the label to himself so he can be different. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at one eight hundred. What is it? Uh, 259-9231. I wasn't ready. I didn't know I was doing a rejoin. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's, it's amateur your, night, everyone. I, I can't help it. You know, I'm just, I, I'm not used to doing these things. You do all the rejoins, usually. You know, I appreciate your help, Mark, when I'm feeling under the weather. Well, I, sh- I should be doing them every single night so that I'm good at them. And that way, when the IRS hauls you off, I can still continue the show. <laughs> Did you have more? Well, um, you can go to the wiki at wiki.freetalklive.com, and uh, it's a listener-editable uh, website that uh, you know mirrors our website. You can find out about the hosts. You can join the fan clubs. It's a lot of fun. I'd say it does more than mirror our site. There are a thousand pages on the uh, the wiki. Hmm. That's way more than what we have on the uh, Free Talk Live site. So it's all there. It's all free. Wiki.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. Sickles employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. Sickles CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live as we go back to the phones and to the fun. It's Francisco in New Jersey. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. So you called earlier this week, Francisco, to tell us that your history teacher revealed himself as a libertarian. But then today you discovered that maybe that wasn't quite so accurate. What happened? We were having a discussion about smoking bans in class, and what he said that he believes it was fine for the government to force private businesses to stop their customers from stopping from smoking, but it was not okay to um, you know, force people not to smoke outside. And uh, what I what I brought up was that it was a uh, private property rights issue, and that he had no right to you know force people 
not to let other people smoke in their businesses. Right. And um, basically, we got off on that topic, and uh, we we basically got on to, like, what would you do to the people who did not comply with the rule? And he said, uh, I would send them to jail. I said, what if they don't want to go to jail? <laughs> and because, uh, what, like, I wouldn't want to go to jail. I believe I would not believe what I did was wrong. Sure. You're just a business owner who's decided that, hey, it's my business. I should be able to allow people to smoke here if I want to. Right. And uh, I try to point out that, you know, whenever you deal with the government, there's a gun in the room. You know, there's always at the point of a gun. Mm -hmm. And he basically got angry and said, you cannot jump to conclusions in my class. (laughs) You cannot jump to conclusions? Which conclusion are you jumping to? He basically ended my argument. He would not let me speak any farther. Oh, jeez. But... um, that was pretty interesting, but you what came we also too close to about... chal- You came too close to the fundamental challenge of a belief system. That's why he yeah. shut you down. Yeah, I guess so. And then uh, one of my classmates made the comment, I think Francisco's just against uh, helping people. Oh, my gosh. But... <laughs> we don't, I'm sorry, but you don't help people by threatening them with violence. That's the, that's the least effective way to help anyone. No one's ever been helped in that fashion. And if they are helped, it's just a cursory sort of uh, surface of the skin sort of a help. You don't see the uh, the uh, the damage that is permanently done when you've uh, been getting used to using force on others to get your way. Right. It's wrong to to uh, to force people to do things. But there are two aspects that I like uh, that we covered in class that he believes that the drug war is useless. Well, that's and- good. And he actually shut down one of my classmates because they were saying, you know, that, like, pot should be legal. And he explained that the only reason it was legal because some senator uh, lied about pot and uh, convinced the government to, uh, you know, like, make it illegal. Hmm. And he also believes prostitution would be safer if it was legal. So those two aspects, I believe he's, you know, pro-freedom in that aspect. Well, yeah, you know, we'll take them where we can get them. We'll take our allies wherever we can. So he wants, yeah. he wants pot legal, but he wants uh, smoking illegal. Right. People are amazing. Yeah, they really are. Completely inconsistent. Francisco, any other stories for us? Yeah, I actually, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, what he brought up in class what is, was, uh, because he knows that I'm, um, you know, pro-freedom, mm-hmm. probably more leaning towards, you know, the free market side, he said, um, what would you do with Osama bin Laden? And I really had no answer to that. Well, Osama bin Laden wouldn't really exist in the world that was um, pro-freedom. Right, uh, but what, what I'm saying is, like, because I am pro-freedom, and he's saying, you know, what if you were president, what would you do? If, what if you were elected but, tomorrow, that sort of question? Right, right. Okay, well, um, that, that gets, uh, gets kind of tough, um, because you're dealing with a world that is, um, you know, definitely, you know, America is definitely not pro-freedom. It's, it's more free than a lot of countries, but not as free as it could be. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason that Osama bin Laden is around is because essentially we created him. Um, our, our CIA trained him. Um, we gave him reason to exist in occupying the Middle East. Um, you know, so if and we gave him reason to hate the United States by uh, killing people in the Middle East in, during that occupation. Right. Now, I would say the free market solution to Osama bin Laden would be, um, you know, I'm the president of the United States, and uh, let's see. And I've been, I've just been elected, and how am I going to deal with Osama bin Laden? I'd have to say that that should be, it, it seems like, it, um, what if you put a bounty on his head? Uh, no, 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 no. I no, not the president. Way. Uh, I wouldn't approach it that way. I would approach it as, uh, uh, okay, you've elected, the, the, uh, the country of the United States has had, a, America has, a, has had a major paradigm shift. They've elected right. libertarians to office. 
Because if they're going to elect an, a, a libertarian president, they're likely also going to elect some libertarian senators and representatives as well. It's probably all going to happen in a landslide. So um, that's going to be a major, um, essentially, pass from the American people to do what I'm going to suggest, and that is that you essentially bring all the troops home from around the world, the 700 military bases, the 130 countries that we currently occupy. You get on television that night. You do one of those presidential speech things where he gets the media together and they put his speech on all the televisions, and you say, uh, I'd hate, uh, just wanted to apologize to the world for all of the damage that uh, my predecessors have caused. I'd like to let everyone in the world know that the new uh, This America is now committed to a, uh, t- to a future of non-intervention, to a future of essentially keeping to ourselves. We will, t- we will trade with everyone, but we will, uh, we will fight wars uh, for no one else. We'll only defend ourselves. And essentially just announce it to the world that there's a major change in policy occurring on this uh, in this particular country. That's how I would approach it. But do you think that would satisfy people, you know, about like, oh, we need to get revenge on Osama bin Laden because he caused 9 It won't sa- no. Well, what won't are they doing satis- now? I mean, is really the question. Right. What, what right. are we doing today? We haven't gotten any farther that I can tell to a ca- capturing Osama bin Laden than we were the day after 9-11. There's no way that will satisfy the warmonger bloodlust people. No way. Right. But, I mean, if, if we were elected, then it really wouldn't matter if they were satisfied or not, right? right? Because yeah. the majority of Americans at this point opposes the, the war in Iraq. And it certainly would satisfy Osama bin Laden, who he's come right out in his videotaped speeches saying, hey, just go away and everything will be fine. He said that, essentially. All right. There you go, Francisco. Thanks, Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Not to say I trust Osama bin Laden. But I certainly don't trust the United States government, and I know that that's the correct path to follow, the path of withdrawing the troops from around the world, shutting down those military bases, and bringing it all home. Isn't that the right way to go, to go about it? What if you gave that as an ultimatum to the uh, Middle Eastern people? Hey, you want the United States out of your business? Give us Osama bin Laden. We're going to pull all our people out, but... In Why do you six have... months, it's, in six months, we'll be back looking for him if uh, if you don't turn him over. But President Bush has already said that he's no big deal anymore. We're not even looking for Osama bin Laden anymore. We're not looking for Why him. Why do no. we have to predicate that uh, troop removal on the turnover of one man? Just a Let's question. Do the right thing, Mark, and get those troops out of those 130 countries. I would agree with the 130 countries. And get back to smaller government. I Wars do want Osama way. bin Laden though. It is free talk live, and you get them yourself. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. It's your show. Take control of the airwaves. And go to freetalklive.com, sign up for the updates at update.freetalklive.com. Oh, no, that's plural, updates. Updates, more than one update. Um, updates.freetalklive.com, find out about all the new stuff that's going on here at Free Talk Live. There you go. And who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Many people would say that would be Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet uh, presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be the liberty event of the year. 
And I predict if it's uh, if it's as successful as I'm hoping it will be, the second one will be even bigger next year. I hope so. Uh, all right. So Ron Paul, you know, speaking of Ron Paul, uh, just before the show, doing some show prep, looking around, uh, ABC News reporting that Hillary Clinton is coming out as an anti-war candidate because if you elect Hillary Clinton, then she will end the Iraq War. Now I think it would sure would sure would be interesting. If in the 2008 campaign, if Ron Paul were selected as the Republican presidential candidate, and then Hillary Clinton was on the Democratic side, Mm -hmm. and Hillary Clinton was claiming she was going to end the Iraq War, and Ron Paul also was claiming that he would end the Iraq War, I wonder if Ron Paul would position himself as more anti-war than Hillary. I would hope he would. I would hope that Hillary Clinton would just sort of come out with, I'm going to end the Iraq War, and Ron Paul would come out hopefully and say, I'm going to end the Iraq War the war in Afghanistan, and pull the troops home from 131 countries around the world. Uh, that'd be tough to get the Republicans behind that one, but gosh, it would be awesome if you would, wouldn't it? I, I'd, be, I'd be all for it. All right. So, and uh, I'm a Republican. Yes, indeed. All right. 800-259-9231. You take control. You bring up anything. We were just talking with Francisco about a uh, high school teacher of his who's masquerading as a libertarian. He agrees with us on some issues, but he's definitely not a uh, real principled libertarian, at least. And it sort of brought me to the uh, just the school conversation, and I figured, let's talk schools, Mark, because there's news about Texas and right. a new mandate on the part of uh, the bureaucrats there for your daughters, that is, if you live in Texas. And, of course, everyone else should pay close attention because bad ideas tend to spread when it comes to government. And so this could be coming to a school district near you. Not just the bureaucrats themselves, but the governor of Texas uh, from Austin, the AP. Bypassing the legislature altogether, Republican Governor Rick Perry issued an order Friday making Texas the first state to require that schoolgirls get vaccinated against the sexually transmitted virus that causes cervical cancer. This is human. Oh, an executive order. Just mm-hmm. sign on the line. No, uh, no representation required here. Well, he saw, it, uh, he, he saw Bush do it, so he figured he'd get right. away with it. Um, this is the HPV virus. and Human papillomavirus. Right, and most people have it. Um, yeah, most people have HPV. It's some tremendous Born number. Born with it or something? No. It's an STD. It's an STD, but it doesn't really have any um, effects other than causing cervical cancer. So all men that have it are carriers. Um, I it's see. not going to do anything to them. It just It's very transmittable. Okay. As opposed to most of them, which are not. By employing an executive order, Perry sidestepped opposition in the legislature from conservatives and parents' rights groups who fear such a requirement would condone premarital sex and interfere with the way Texans raise their children. Beginning in, they don't even talk about freedom and the girl's right to choose whether or not they get an yeah. vaccine. Beginning in September 2008, girls entering the sixth grade, meaning generally girls ages 11 and 12, will have to receive... Gardasil, um, Merck and Company's new vaccine against the strains of the human pamplova virus, or HPV. I bet the Merck executives are happy with this decision. They probably gave him a check, and that's why he decided to do it. Perry also directed state health authorities to make the vaccine available free to girls 9 to 18 who are uninsured or whose insurance does not cover vaccines. In addition, he ordered that Medicaid offer um, Gardasil to women ages 19 to 21. It's quite a, a sweeping mandate he's yeah, made. Yeah, really. Merck really likes this. Perry, a conservative Christian who opposes abortion and stem cell research using embryonic cells, counts on the religious right for his political base, but he has said that the cervical cancer vaccine is no different from the one that protects children against polio. I don't know about how you feel well, about... Vaccines are, are essentially 
Well, they're not the same. I mean, vaccines are vaccines, but they're they're little. Usually, they're typical. They're different types of vaccines, but typically they tend to be either inactive strains of the. Um, they tend to be inactive strains of the actual virus itself. Yeah. Like to the point where uh, the body can easily create an immunity to it, and uh, that's that. You know, um, I I I don't know how you feel about vaccines, but I know that Wayne has children, and his children have not been vaccinated. Uh, mm-hmm. Our co-host on Wednesday nights, and I personally have received the flu vaccination two times in my life, and I have never been sicker from the flu than shortly after that vaccine. I don't trust oh, vaccines. I'm sorry, I just don't trust them, and it's because of the vaccines I've received. Sure. I, you know, I mean, you can call me a, a Luddite and a throwback or whatever you want to say. I didn't get mumps, and I had mumps vaccinations when I was little. I didn't get whooping cough, and I had whooping cough vaccinations when I was little. It may be the case with uh, with vaccines. It may be the case that if you give them to most people, most people are going to be okay, but there are going to be those exceptions where it just doesn't like you. You must have been an exception in many cases. Uh, there were going to be the more people you give these vaccines to, the more likely you're going to come across the exceptions, the people who get dramatically sick or the people that die, perhaps, when they get these vaccines. Is that going to be worthwhile? I don't. I, what's this? You see, the thing is, is it's so difficult to sue the state. What's going to happen when my daughter dies because I got a vaccine because she got a vaccination? SOL. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like. It's not like it couldn't happen, people. You know, you're talking about percentages here. We're dealing with a lot of girls. It doesn't have to be a large percentage, and it wouldn't be a large percentage. The HPV vaccine, uh, vaccine provides us with an incredible opportunity to effectively target and prevent cervical cancer, says Perry. Here's the money quote. Merck is bankrolling efforts to pass state laws across the country, mandating <laughs> Gardasil for girls as young as 11 Jeez. or 12. It doubled its lobbying budget in Texas and has funneled money through women in the government, um, women in government, this is a, an organization, an advocacy group made up of female state legislators around the country. Mm. Perry has had ties to Merck and women in government. Um, one of the drug company's three lobbyists in Texas is Mike Toomey, Perry's former chief of staff. His current chief of staff's mother-in-law, Texas Republican State Representative Diane white Delisi is a state director for women in government. This is so sick. Right. Because if you, you again, it's like it doesn't matter how you feel about about vaccines. If you are for vaccines, then go get your kids vaccinated on your own. If you're against vaccines, this is really offensive to you, this uh, these mandates. It's this is the equivalent of essentially mandating um, anything on any group of people. I mean, why don't we just mandate that all kids must eat McDonald's once a day? Or uh, that they can never eat McDonald's. You see, this is the problem with these kind of sweeping things is it's not the majority that cares. Really, the vast majority of people will do fine. A vast majority of uh, girls when they're vaccinated will be fine from it. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of people will be fine that their daughters are vaccinated. There's a small percentage of people that do not want their kids um, vaccinated. And there's even a smaller percent percentage of girls who are going to receive some deleterious effects from this vaccine. And who cares? Who cares They've about They've got to them. do it. We're doing it for the best. We're doing it for the majority, Mark. Right. We're doing yeah. it for the safety of most you Texas know, Sorry girls. your daughter died and everything, but we're trying to keep kids safe here. Yeah. Don't you feel okay about that? <laughs> you should feel good. We're looking out for your most sick, kids. Sick crap. You know, it's just like they could, if, if this is acceptable in people's minds, if it's acceptable to mandate a vaccine on somebody, then it's also acceptable in the name of public health 
It's also acceptable to mandate all sorts of other controls on behavior, controls on consumption. Now, I use McDonald's in the wrong direction. They could, for instance, mandate that everybody eat organic food mm-hmm. in Texas. They could mandate all sorts of uh, health-related controls, and that's not appropriate in a free country. Are there more details? The organic foods probably aren't going to pay like Merck is paid, yeah. and uh, McDonald's is likely to pay. I don't know. I see where you're coming from. Um, the governor has also received $6,000 from Merck's political action committee during his re-election campaign. Mm. Did he sell our daughters down the river for six, six grand? grand? The order is effective until Perry or a successor changes it, and the legislature has no opportunity to repeal it, said uh, Perry spokesperson <laughs> Krista Moody. Moody said uh, uh-huh. the Texas Constitution... You legislators can't do anything. Texas, We're in control Texas here. Constitution permits the governor, as head of the executive branch, to order other members of the executive branch to adopt rules like this one. Yuck. 1-800-259-9231. If you're a parent and you are presented with this mandate, what's your response going to be? And I'd like to know if the article explains what the punishment is for parents that don't want their daughters to have this vaccine. More on the way. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. It's your show. Call in about anything you want to talk about. And go to freetalklive.com and check out the live stream we have. Af- yeah, after you do that, you should uh, also uh, you should support the show on a voluntary basis by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. There's 35 categories of products. There are uh, there's great deals, uh, free Super Saver shipping deals as well on most of the products that they sell there. At Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. It is the world's largest Internet retailer. And when you shop through that link, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive receives a percentage of your purchase. So a great way to support the show and get the stuff you need. So we're sort of uh, trading roles tonight here, as we did last night, Mark, doing the rejoins mm-hmm. on the show. And uh, doing, a, doing a pretty good job. I think you get better every time you do it, Mark. Well, it does take practice. All right. So we've been talking about a pretty scary story out of uh, Texas. And Texas was... I don't know, but it's advertised as one of the more conservative states, which is why it's a little bit surprising that there's all sorts of health mandates coming out of there. Uh, I guess conservative, liberal doesn't really mean anything anymore, right? So that's what we're dealing with. The Texas governor has signed an executive order that essentially bypasses the state legislature that it makes that mandates that from here on out, starting, I don't know, next year or something like that, that all... Shortly. All girls in what, sixth or seventh grade? Sixth grade. All girls in Texas schools must submit themselves to a vaccination for the human papillomavirus. Now, of course, the excuse is that, well, this human papillomavirus, bad thing, very easily transmittable. uh, It can lead to cervical cancer down the line. So Mm -hmm. certainly not something that you want your daughter to have. But at the same time, don't you also want to have the freedom to choose? I mean, isn't that what America is isn't something that America is about is liberty and and the ability to make choices for your life and for your kids lives here the the government is completely destroying that. Well, um, this is all girls who go to public schools, just to make it um, to, to be 100 percent clear. OK, so if your girl, if your uh, daughter goes to private school or is homeschooled, she's not going to be subject to this. I believe that's the case. OK, so yet another reason why uh, people who love liberty, love liberty would not want their kids in school. Right. Whether you want to get the vaccination or not, look at it. What look, look at how they treat your kids. Yeah, you, they treat your kids like they're their kids. Mm-hmm. They're not yours. You don't get to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Sorry. 
Legislative aides said that they're looking for ways around the order that, um, for parents who oppose it. He's circumventing the will of the people, said Don Richardson, president of uh, Parents Registering Open Vaccine Education, a citizens group that fought against the right um, to opt out of other or fought for the right to opt out of other vaccine vaccine requirements. There are bills filed. There's no emergency excerpt in the boardrooms of Merck. While this is a uh, failing to gain the support that they had hoped for. That's Merck, I guess. Um, Texas allows parents to opt out of inoculations by filing an affidavit objecting to the vaccine on religious or philosophical reasons. Even with such provisions, however, conservative groups say such requirements interfere with parents' rights to make medical decisions for their children. So there is a way to opt out? There is. Now, I've got to say that I don't have too much problem with it for that reason. Um, it's a It's a public school. They're running their public school. Mm-hmm. You... Are willingly send your kid to a public school and let it um, let that child be educated by the government. Now they're going to let you opt out. I just can't say that they're acting too strangely. Yeah, it's okay. awfully it's awfully heavy handed, but right. I see where you're coming from in that. Okay, they've they've allowed for this opt out, but that's at the same time it is heavy handed, and at the same time it does have that sort of precedent of mommy government says that we should have a vaccine this year. And it's sort of that that uh, they're that already idea. saying that um, if if you want your kids to go to public school, they have to have their vaccinations. So this is just another one. Mm. And it, and this is my po- my point is Mark that it's just another step along the way towards total control of government, uh, total government control of health care, well, total government control of decisions as far as p- uh, parental choices are concerned. It um well you know I so- I'm sort of side with the defeatists in this one in that hey. You know, the farther they get along in this uh, mandating everything for our kids, Mm -hmm. the more people are going to see that this is just an overbearing um, government that's into every part of our lives. So let them go ahead and do this kind of crap. That's kind of how I feel about it. You have the choice to send your kid to school, and you have the choice to opt out of this if you wish. I've got a story that's going to make you much more angry. Because if you can give them a pass on this one... I don't see how you're going to agree with passing, giving them a pass on this story from Newstarget.com. And this is also Texas, and it's also a health-related story. Okay. And it's one more example of how governments around the country and around the world are stepping in and making decisions for parents and individuals as to how they should choose, uh, what sort of health care options they should choose. Months after a Texas teenager was diagnosed with cancer, state authorities have finally decided to let her return home to her family after a long legal battle in which Texas officials, not the girl's parents, attempted to determine the course of treatment for her disease. Remember last year, Mark, there was a story about a young man who's 16 years old. He was facing some cancer treatments that uh, his parents didn't want him to receive. A judge stepped in and said, you must have these cancer treatments, and there was a lawsuit that was filed? After right. That? I mean, uh, he, he managed to get out of that. Yeah, he did, but only because of the massive amounts of press attention brought to the case. Right. It's happening again. 13-year-old Katie Warnecke was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, a cancer of the lymph nodes. In January of 2005, the teenager underwent chemotherapy after being taken to the emergency room with what her parents had suspected was pneumonia, and doctors recommended she also receive radiation treatments. However, her parents, Michelle and Edward, refused the treatments for fear it could cause complications, such as an increased risk of breast cancer, learning problems, or stunted physical growth. That's when Texas authorities intervened, making private matters public in a way that many feel violated parental rights as well as principles of health freedom. 
In what amounted to an attempt to force the Werneckes to submit their daughter to radiation treatments, officials with the Texas Child Protective Services took Katie away from her parents in June. What? After receiving a tip that Katie and her mother were hiding out at a family ranch in order to avoid the radiation that doctors claimed she needed to survive, authorities promptly took Katie into custody and arrested her mother on charges of interfering with child custody. How dare you, Mom? How dare you think that you and your daughter can make your own decisions for this young girl? Who do you think you are? Individuals with your own conscience? Individuals with your own brains functioning in your heads? Ha! You're just serfs. We own your children. You can't think for yourselves. Into this jail cell, woman! Although Michelle Wernicke was released on 50 thousand dollars bond oh my god shortly after her arrest she returned home to find her family in shambles the state had in effect kidnapped her daughter placed uh, placed her three sons in a foster home and labeled her and her husband neglectful parents even though they were only trying to protect their daughter from conventional medicines harsh cancer treat, uh, treatments you know the fact is mark that this is very similar to the story from last year there are people in this country who don't trust the medical establishment and I understand. I mean, there are all kinds of examples year after year of misdiagnosis and uh, and prescription drugs that that kill people that they're intended to help. So mm-hmm. I can see where they where they're coming from on their their reticence and their fear to accept these medical treatments. They may want to go and, and approach some homeopathic remedies first. They may want to try the the natural approach first before they go through with the most dramatic chemotherapy options. It may or may not be the way that I would approach it. But I'm not approaching it. But you're not them. Right. I mean, you, you know, they should be allowed to, to treat it with uh, cow dung if that's what they choose to do. I'm sorry. Um, when, when how much when the child doesn't get to make the decision and the, um, and the state does, how long before the state decides that they can just outlaw treatment, period? Yeah, that's a good question. This is a, just another step along the path towards total state control of your health and your children. Though thus began a long and difficult struggle for a family that received national attention and raised significant questions about medical freedom and parental rights. Uh, on June 9th's episode of NBC's Today Show, the mom said of her daughter, quote, I think they should treat her for what the body calls for and not stra- uh, standard protocol. Nobody will look at that. Not every cancer is the same. No one understands that. Her body isn't standard and her cancer isn't standard. She says uh, a a videotape statement recorded by Katie's parents shows the girl saying, I don't need radiation treatment, and nobody asked me what I wanted. It's my body. Thank goodness that some kids understand that concept. And whether or not she's making the right choice, I don't know. I don't know what the right choice is. I've never done any research into cancer treatments. I feel like they should have their choices respected. And I don't think that that's going out on a limb or being radical at all. I'd have to agree. Apparently, some people would disagree with us on this, Mark. I would like to hear from anybody out there who believes that the government should be able to make these decisions for individuals and their their kids. There must be a contingent of people out there that supports the government in this case. Sounds like it. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Joseph in Boston wants to talk about Walmart, so we'll uh, get to him if he's patient. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. And check out freetalklive.com. All the features at freetalklive.com, totally free. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. All right. So we uh, we finished up the last hour with a story that I didn't actually get a chance to complete. I think it's such an important story that it's worth carrying over to the second hour of the show. For so for those of you just tuning in, let me do a quick recap here for you. We're talking about health care and mandates on families, children. In this case, it's a 13-year-old teenage girl. She was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, a cancer of the lymph nodes, in January of 2005. She went under uh, some chemotherapy, and after that, they recommended, the doctors, that she receive radiation treatments. Her parents decided, no, that's okay. We'd rather uh, stay away from those. They're kind of scary um, we're, we're concerned that it might actually increase the risk of breast cancer. We're concerned that, you know, we, we might want to try some homeopathic remedies first, some natural alternative remedies uh, before we decide to go this sort of risky route. Um, and you'd think that it would have ended there. You'd think that uh, parents made a decision. Okay. That's it. Story's over. But that's when the Child Protective Services bureaucracy stepped in, took Katie away from her parents, arrested the mother, she was released on a $50,000 bond, uh, took the uh, the three sons as well, placed them in foster homes, and destroyed this family. There were some uh, episodes uh, in that have since taken place in that October 21st. Oh, by the way, I've got to read this quote again from the young lady. Uh, this was a uh, videotape statement recorded by her parents saying, I don't need radiation treatment, and nobody asked me what I wanted. It's my body. Now, I understand some people will say that, well, kids are their parents' property. I don't personally agree with that. In this case, this young girl is laying claim to her body, and and rightly so. It is hers. She should be the final decider as to what can and can't be done to it. Well, even the uh, family courts have sort of shown that uh, they'll let the children decide, you know, have some say in which parent they go with and that sure. kind of thing. The court reserves the uh, the judgment as to where the uh, child goes. And uh, what good is it going to do you if if the kid wants to go with mommy, and you give the kid to daddy, the kid runs away? That's not going to be very effective. Mm, right? Not going to be no. October twenty first, Texas District Judge Jack Hunter ruled that the Wernickes, that's the name of the family would be allowed, as they had hoped, to take Katie to Kansas for consultation with a physician on alternative intravenous vitamin C treatments. However, the judge also ruled that before her parents could pursue the alternative treatment, Katie must first receive five days of traditional chemotherapy at the University of Texas's Cancer Center in Houston. This once again thwarted her parents' efforts to protect their daughter from treatments they fear will result in side effects that are more harmful than her actual disease. Throughout the Wernicke, so once again, it's the government continuing to, sh- to throw its weight around, continuing to tell parents that you don't have control over your decisions anymore. We do. We're the government. We know what's best. You don't follow our diktats. We're going to throw you in a jail cell. Throughout the Wernicke's battle with CPS and the Texas legal system, the families maintained a blog dedicated to their daughter and her condition at PrayForKatie.blogspot.com. 
There they post news articles, charity information, letters and prayers from people concerned for Katie and disturbed by the drastic actions taken by Texas officials to keep her out of her parents' care. Who could be not be disturbed by this? Apparently the Texas officials. Hmm. The bureaucrats. And I'm sure they don't consider it drastic at all. I bet the bureaucrats' position is that these parents are dangerous. These parents are endangering their child, and we need to step in and save her. An October 23rd post on the site reads, quote, Katie has been left all alone in Maryland, or MD Anderson, undergoing MD, the hospital, undergoing this fourth round of chemotherapy. CPS has not allowed the parents to be present in the hospital during the treatment. Really? I don't have the right words and enough words to express how awful I feel about that. It's unbelievably cruel and just sickening that Katie would have to suffer through that ordeal all alone with no parent beside her. Now, I don't know about you, Mark, but I've never been a teenage girl. Well, yes, I have. And uh, as I understand it, teenage girls are a little bit on the insecure side. You know, that's just as I understand it. They're a little insecure. It's a generalization, but okay. They need attention. And can you imagine having cancer? And having to go through chemotherapy, this toxic chemical concoction, these uh, these treatments, all by yourself, with your parents nowhere nearby, with just cold, calculating doctors and nurses around, I understand they probably try to make it as nice as possible for her, but that seems really harsh, doesn't it? I understand where you're coming from on this, and I would say that if, uh, if you're going to, to make generalizations about age groups and genders, that probably teenage girls requ- would, would require more so than most um, genders and ages uh, to see their families at this sort of time. They would, they would handle it the worst. Maybe not the worst, but not very well. Although the Wernickes have stuck to their beliefs about what they feel is best for their daughter's health, they've been continuously met by threats and scare tactics used by the CPS. As a result, their daughter has not only suffered through treatment she does not want and arguably doesn't need, but she's done so without her parents' comfort and support. Mm. On October 31st, Judge Hunter finally ruled that Katie should be returned to her family, saying CPS and the Werneckes are never, ever going to agree. According to the New York Times, Katie will be allowed to go home after a round of chemotherapy in Houston, but what course her treatment will take after that is unknown. However, her father said at Monday's hearing that the family, quote, wanted to try other treatments for Katie before considering radiation as a last resort. So they were, let's see, in January 2005, she was arrested, and then she's been in state custody for a while. The good news is Katie will be able to return to her family and receive their love and support, but the decision seems long overdue. The Wernicke's situation over the past several months is a prime example of how modern medicine has gotten out of control in this country, and it seems that we now live in a terrifying world where medical professionals are able to enlist the help of government agencies in order to force people into medical treatments that can actually pose significant health dangers. I think the uh, writer of the articles got it a little bit wrong. I don't know if it's modern medicine that's gotten out of control so much as it's government that has gotten out of control. Right. It's not modern medicine. I mean, modern medicine was making its recommendations, but it was a, using a government agency here. And Though you have to wonder, somebody must have alerted CPS, right? So to an extent, I don't know if the homeopathic remedy people are out there pushing for mandates, uh, you know, the mandating that you take echinacea with your colds. I don't think they're out there doing that. Doesn't sound likely. Um, But somebody in the modern medicine industry called up CPS on these parents and said, hey, these parents aren't going to come in here and take our recommended radiation therapy. And somebody somebody had to activate the government, right? Because they aren't paying attention. You're right about that.
It's a climate in which diagnosis and medical treatment might be accompanied by threats and legal action for those who dare to select an alternative path of healing for themselves or their loved ones. It's an atmosphere in which parents can actually lose their sick children to the system of modern conventional medicine. And I would say government uh, coercion as well. A disease like cancer is traumatic enough. It doesn't need to be complicated with the stresses of custody battles and legal threats. What a child really needs when suffering through something as daunting as cancer is her family. The Werneckes might have been fighting to block the treatment of their daughter with conventional cancer treatments that can cause severe health problems, but Texas authorities in the past months were playing a much more dangerous game by fighting to remove Katie from the love and support of her parents, which is some of the best medicine. I would agree. Imagine, imagine having to fight cancer and deal with the, uh, the trauma of that disease and the harsh treatments while in custody of the state, while going to courtrooms and having to deal with all of that crap. They're out of control. It's sick stuff. Would like to hear from you if you support these health mandates, if you support the government stepping in, CPS stepping in on a family and making decisions for them. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and talk to Joseph in Boston. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Take control of the airwaves, Joe. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, I was just listening to uh, the stuff you're talking about right now, and it sounds horrible, you know? It is horrible. Um, we own our bodies, and no one should be coming between us and our bodies. Well, apparently that's all changing. Yeah. Um, I, I also think it's funny that uh, the government will mandate something like toxic chemotherapy, whereas they're um, outlawing natural, more natural uh, medicine. They haven't quite gotten around to completely outlawing natural remedies, well, but there I, I are mean, people that would like that to happen. I mean, like marijuana and things like that. I see where but, you're coming from. Well, that's that's, that's the that's. And I'm going to actually ask you to hang on, Joe. We're going to bring you back, or Joseph. So one moment, back with you in moments, 800-259-9231, the toll-free number for you. But the uh, the predecessor to these sorts of decisions was earlier when the government said, you don't own your body, you can't put these drugs inside it. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line, and uh, go to freetalklive.com and check out the archives. We've got a year's worth of archives on uh, the BitTorrent, and we have the last six days on MP3. So get them on the last six days. It's a lot easier than using the BitTorrent if you're a kind of a computer idiot like me. Speaking of the torrent, torrents are not complex. In fact, we've got a pretty easy help system there to uh, allow you to access those. It's not very difficult at So all. say you. Uh, so head over to freetalklive.com, enjoy the year's worth of archives and more. And also, what's your liberty issue? Is it the war on drugs? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Jack Cole, the Director of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, as well as Rob Campia, Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information. That's FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. And what I was saying before we went, uh, went away to uh, the commercials there was that the war on drugs is actually sort of the uh, the predication, uh, the, 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 what came before these mandates by governments, uh, the war on drugs essentially told Americans that you don't own you. You can't make decisions for yourself. 
we are going to ban certain drugs so you can't get your hands on them and put them in your body, which, of course, we all know the ban hasn't done anything to prevent people from getting their hands on them. It's just increased the prices and allowed criminal gangs to control them. Well, it's not just the war on drugs. The war on drugs really started with Nixon at the uh, end of uh, the 60s. Um, True. It was alcohol prohibition before that. Right. Alcohol prohibition before that. Marijuana stamp act. All when, that when stuff. When I say the war on drugs, I mean the war the on whole thing. drugs, as, and I'm including alcohol as a drug. And so that was the government's made really uh, of the 20th century, the government really telling the people, you don't own your body. And so there. And of course, the people said, OK, fine, whatever. Nobody really put up a big fuss. Uh, they just went along with the jail sentences as they were doled out. And uh, here we are today where government has now progressed to the point where you don't you still don't own you. In fact, you own yourself even less than you owned yourself 100 years ago. Um, now we can control what sort of therapy you receive. Now we can control your decisions for your children as far as what sort of therapy they can receive. And that's the story we were talking about uh, earlier in the hour. We're going back to the phones, back to Joseph in Boston. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. Um, yeah, uh, well, I didn't really want to talk about this right now because um, I was planning on talking about the Walmart situation. Okay, sure. Would, would that be all right? Yeah, it's your show. Bring up whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, uh, I don't remember who called yesterday. I guess it was Dale, Dave, Dale or something like Both that. Both of them actually called yesterday, but yes. Okay. Um, and they were talking about not – or boycotting Walmart because they received subsidies. Is that correct? That was the allegation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I just was wondering, because you said you were friends with them. Um, do any of them go to college? Or Both have of gone them. To college? Both of them go to college. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it's a funny contradiction because they're paying – uh, much more money to that college, who is also receiving money from the government. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about you, that. Great you point. And Mark are paying at Walmart. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, right. You know his. Um, uh, they go I to believe, Keene State College, which is a state college. It was uh, Dale's argument was that there's not much he can do about the big picture, but in the little picture of Walmart, he cannot spend ten, fifteen, fifty dollars, whatever it is he's going to spend at Walmart. He can spend that with a mom and pop store, but he couldn't afford to be able to uh, make a larger uh, sacrifice, like say college and and go to Hillsdale College, which is the only private college in America. Um, the only college doesn't receive subsidies. Mm. He couldn't afford to leave home, go to Hillsdale, pay their um, higher tuition rates, and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it just it just sounds ridiculous. Brilliant point, um, Joseph. Any other thoughts? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess that's it. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The toll free number for you. The back at eight dot net toll free line. You know, uh, I was actually doing a little bit of research because Dale and David said that instead of buying, I asked, well, where do I buy a tw- if I can't shop at Walmart? Where do I buy a 24-pack of toilet paper? And they said, oh, just go to Hannaford's. Now, Hannaford's is a northeastern chain of supermarkets. And I said, okay, well, Hannaford's is owned by another company, as I understood it. And I thought it was just a nationwide chain. Because down in Florida, before we were leaving Florida to come to New Hampshire, they were changing all of the cash and carries, which is a southeastern chain. They were changing all of the cash and carries into Sweet Sweet Bay. Bay. And I had noticed that Hannaford products were showing up on the shelves there. And so immediately I, could, I knew that Hannaford's was a nationwide um, grocery chain. Then I did a little bit of digging and discovered that not only is Hannaford's a nationwide grocery chain, it's actually not even the parent company. Hannaford's is a subsidiary of Del Hayes Incorporated from Belgium. So Hannaford's, the, the place that they shop at in order to make themselves feel better about not shopping at Walmart, 
is actually owned by a company, a corporation, that isn't even based in the United States. So it's a multinational. It's an internet. Well, Walmart's a multinational, too. They're based in Arkansas. <laughs> right. This is one of the top 500 corporations in the world. Del Hayes is huge with uh, over 2,000 stores on three continents in 10 countries. Well, I think I can, I think I can field this to some extent. Um, you know what he's what he's saying is is that uh, I'd rather take the lesser of two evils. He did he, that that is a quote out of his mouth. And since Walmart is the largest corporation in the world and larger than most the, the vast majority of countries' uh, GNPs, then you know taking Del Hayes is a better choice. But I would counter that with, but what about Target? Target isn't as big as Del Hayes. No, it's not. But you don't shop there. Hmm. What is it? that you really dispute here? Excellent questions. Uh, let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Darlene in Toronto. Ladies first on Free Talk Live. Hello, Darlene. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great. You? Good. I kind of wanted to go back to that uh, previous topic about the 13-year-old and the right to her own body and all that stuff. Sure, the Texas um, government abducting her from her parents and essentially telling them, huh, you can't make decisions for your child. Right, basically. But she had a voice, right? But what happens if you don't have a voice? What happens if you're newborn babies and uh, the doctors want to perform blood transfusions on you? That's basically what's happening up in uh, Canada right now on the West Coast in Vancouver. Um, Wait a minute. You mean uh, that lovely, you mean that lovely nationalized health care system doesn't always give people what they want? Well, the problem is doctors like say this oath, right, where they have to keep their patient's best interests in mind, right? But, um, I mean, on this situation, it's a family. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. They've had seven kids. They had six couplets. Mm -hmm. And um, two of them have actually passed away, but their other two or other two of the set had to get blood transfusions in order to stay alive. And the, and the parents were like, no, because it's against our religion. Um, but they were taken away from them and given the blood transfusions anyway. Oh, gosh. Yeah, exactly. So here we are going, well, what's right? Do we, you know, give the children the benefit of the doubt and think that they want to live so we give them the transfusions? Or do we go to the people who, you know, just gave birth to them? Basically, like, the mother should have the decision of what happens to her kids at this point, don't you think? Yeah, it seems obvious to me that mom and dad should be able to make these choices. But apparently yeah. it's not so obvious to everyone else. It's not. It's not. It just it blows my mind when I heard this, that they're, you know, completely taken away. However, the parents are bringing, I don't know who to court. They're doing something. They're suing something. They're taking um, the B.C. government, I guess, to court over the seizures of these babies. Do you, really feel, like that, do you really feel like anything positive is going to come out of that? I think, it's making a, I think it's making a point. I mean, we've gotten to a situation where it, it rarely arises. And, I mean, it's bringing a voice to a situation where, you know, these newer babies, they don't have a voice. However, the consequences of them passing away is only going to be left on the parents, not the state. So yep, the right. parents' idea or the parents' um, best wishes to not go through with the transfusions and, you know, if they're thinking... Darlene, hang on a second. Way. I'll bring you back in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. And that includes the Shrine of Female Listeners. Now let's go back to the phones. Darlene in Toronto. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, Darlene, 
Have you heard of the Shrine of Female Listeners before? Well, I've heard of it, and I figured you'd bring it up. It's really funny that you did. So are you planning on perhaps submitting your picture um, to the Shrine? I don't really think I can. Why is that? Um, I, nothing that I can disclose right now, but I figure <laughs> it's a good idea, and uh, I'm a fan of it, and I think it's really cool, and um, if I could, I would. Well, if you ever get the opportunity, we would we would certainly appreciate adding you. It's actually been a few weeks, so that's the only reason I'm I'm hounding you about it is because I'm getting desperate for uh, for a new shrine picture. <laughs> so um, anyway, thank you uh, thank you for uh, chiming in on the uh, the medical freedom issue, and let us know if you're following that case up in Canada. Sure. You said that there, um, there's, again, some parents that have some infants that are going to be forced, or I guess they've already been forced. They have into been, the yeah. They've had two babies that have died. They had seven children. Gosh. So she gave birth to sex tuplets, and uh, two of them died, and they uh, forced blood transfusions on, I think it's now three of them, to save their lives. But usually, don't you get a choice? Like, you... Uh, you would be, you would think you would get a choice if you would want that procedure or not, but they weren't given the choice, and yep. so now there's a whole, you know, legal proceeding going on with the parents who are religious and believe that, you know, their belief is that they shouldn't get these blood transfusions, but they were forced. So I guess at this point they're situation. looking, they're looking for a settlement or something like that. Um, I'm not. Well, I'm sure they're they're suing the the government because right. I mean they didn't want the procedure. Now, I mean it's a completely against their religion. They believe that. They should not. They should abstain from blood products. Is actually what the the verse is that they're going by. In the I wish so. uh, I wish them the best of luck, and I hope you'll keep us up to date on the case, Darlene. Thank you for the call. Will we do. appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Shrine of female listeners. It's dozens and dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. So head over to shrine. freetalklive. dot com to see what that's all about. That is shrine. freetalklive. dot com. What are you pointing at me for? I don't know. We had uh, a book to talk about, didn't we? Oh, my God. The book. Yes. Jewel Thornton's back with her A Kid's Journey, to, A Guide to Getting Rich. And uh, she's it worked so well for her advertising on the live reads the last time that she's decided to do it again. So Smart lady, that yeah, Jewel Thornton. Yeah, well, it, it works. It, do what works. Right. Um, do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 1-800-657-5066. Weren't we supposed to get a review copy? I'm surprised we haven't. I would like to get one. Yeah, it, it sounds like a really good book yeah. to me. I mean, our listeners are reading it. We should probably have some idea of what it is that they're reading. 800-259-9231 is our toll-free number. The packet 8.net toll-free line. Talking about medical freedom. Talking about your freedom to choose, which has been eviscerated or is currently being eviscerated by state governments and local governments around this country and also apparently in Canada. And I found it interesting, the uh, the story that we read at the beginning of the hour, and last hour as well, about the 13-year-old girl in Texas who was abducted from her parents by Child Protective Services and forced to go through chemo- uh, chemotherapy treatments that she herself didn't want. It wasn't like her parents were necessarily foisting treatments she didn't want on her. She agreed with her parents in that she wanted to pursue some alternative therapies before going through with the, the chemical stuff. Mm-hmm. And the end of that article, which I didn't read because it was just way too anti business, took some shots at the medical industry for being for-profit, 
like the suggestion of the article writer was that, well, it's because these companies are for profit that we have all these mandates, you know, these uh, companies getting to teaming up with governments to force treatments on people because they're for profit. But Darlene's story contradicts that point because the people that are anti-profit would allegedly be for universal health care because that takes the profit out of the situation, right? I guess. Uh, It makes it a government program for everyone, and uh, you don't have to pay for it, so-called. Of course, it's paid uh, paid for through taxes. Nothing's free. Right. And I just thought it was interesting that um, to to counter the suggestion that profits are bad, well, if you look at the socialist system, the same things are happening. So the person was wrong about their article. They were wrong. The problem isn't profits. Mm. The problem is government. The problem is the attitude of government bureaucrats that they know what's best for you. And that they're going to force it on you, whether you like it or not. That's what the problem is. Well, it's not just the bureaucrats. It's people that believe, um, you know, citizens that believe that they know better than you about what it is that you should be doing with your family and your body. And then they use the government. And then they use the government to do what they want. Um, You know, it's not always bureaucrats. Sometimes it's just the average citizen who's uh, using the power or the gun of government. Let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Sam in Texas. It was Sam. Bye, Sam. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number for you. So let's see. Let's move on then, Mark, in that case, to a story that I briefly touched on last night, but we didn't actually get a chance to get to it, from Reuters. The Democratic-led U.S. Senate voted overwhelmingly on Thursday to raise the federal minimum wage for the first time in a decade and provide billions of dollars in small business tax cuts to help offset the cost. Senate approved the legislation on a 94 to 3 vote, showing that 94 of the senators have absolutely no understanding of what they're doing. So they have some understanding. They know that it's going to affect small business. They know that uh, it's going to um, put some people out of work who are um, on the, the verge. And what they intend to do to offset that is to give some tax breaks to small businesses in order to – they believe that the employees of small business will be the ones that are most adversely affected. So they gave some tax breaks to small business in order to offset the uh, minimum wage increase. Excuses, excuses. What it shows is that these people have no, no idea about economics – and that they believe they can override economic law with their silly man law. It does not um, mean that at all. What it means is is that they understand that uh, the minimum wage has a certain heartstring pull on the American people, and that they intend to get elected the next time around, and they don't want to be said to be a politician that's so callous that they wouldn't, uh, you know, approve the minimum well, wage. Well, what it means is that they're too da- damn cowardly to come out and honestly explain to people what the minimum wage does if they really know what it's about, and they hide in their little fox and uh, cower as they vote yes for this legislation. I, th- I think they should, should attempt to um, educate, but it, you know th- this is what their motivation is, Ian. Yeah, we tell, they're a bunch of mama's boys. No, we say um, that people are, people are going to do what they're motivated to do, and this is what we're motivating these senators to do. This is what we're giving them incentive to do, is to... We, comp- I'm not giving them any incentive. Well, I don't see they're your doing pi- it on their I own. I don't see your pitchfork. The House and Senate must agree on a final bill before it can be sent to George Bush to sign into law. And he, of course, have, has pledged to sign it into law. So it's pretty much as good as done. Democrats promised a minimum wage hike during their successful campaign last year to win the control of Congress. Both House and Senate measures would give several million of America's poorest workers, dishwashers, short-order cooks, laborers, and maids a pay hike by boosting the minimum wage over two years to 7.25 from $5.15. 
But the Senate bill also included an $8.3 billion small business tax cut that were uh, that was needed to clear a Republican roadblock. Democratic Senator Edward Kennedy of Massachusetts called the passage of the proposed increase in the minimum wage a victory for the American people and a key way to fight poverty. That's right. You can just legislate poverty out of existence. <laughs> well, that much is kind of silly. Yeah. At 5.15 per hour, the uh, current minimum wage, a person working 40 hours per week makes $10,712 per year. Is that before taxes? I think so. About $5,000 below the poverty line for a family of three. Senate uh, Minority Leader Mitch Connell says, quote, We're looking forward to working with the House of Representatives to send a final bill to the president that will be a victory for both those who earn the minimum wage. A family of three? Does that mean that two people in the household are working for minimum wage or one person in the household? Sounds like one to me. Well, So that's a, um, a single mother and her two kids? I don't know. Two young children? Democrats admitted they were uncertain about how they would resolve the differences between the House and Senate bills, but vowed to do so. It's inconceivable that a minimum wage uh, bill doesn't get to Bush's desk over the next two or three months, said some bureaucrat. It has been nearly ten years since the last increase, the longest period the minimum wage hasn't been increased since it was created in 1938. Well, in my opinion, the minimum wage should be completely abolished. But hey, I'm for freedom, and they're not. Words on the way, you can take control. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, California knows best what light bulbs you should use. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at one 800 259 9231. That's 1 800 259 9231. Go to freetalklive.com. Check out the archives. We have the last year's worth of episodes there available for the, your download um, in BitTorrent yep. form. And we, we already last... talked about that this hour. Well, I, well that that's seems okay. to be what's next. Yep, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All kinds of features totally free. And uh, we appreciate uh, you visiting our website. So enjoy all that free stuff. FreeTalkLive.com. 1-800-259-9231 is the Packet8.net toll-free line for you. I'm a little bit under the weather. That's why the amateur is uh, bringing us back from uh, some, from yeah. the breaks. And uh, so we've been talking about a variety of things tonight, including mandates from government, state governments, essentially telling people um, that they have to have certain health care um, features, uh, not features, but treatments. Um, the state government stepping in on parents' decisions saying, you don't own your body your children don't own their bodies. We own you, and here's what you have to do. Mandates. And that's what government's all about, is creating rules and regulations to tell you how you should run your life, because they know what's best for you, it's, like California. It's really not uh, about how to help people or anything like that. It's really about forcing them to do things. And one size just doesn't fit all. In many cases, forcing them to do things that will benefit certain political contributors. Like in the case of the uh, the Texas situation we talked about last hour, where they're mandating that uh, kids get HPV vaccines, going to directly benefit the Merck company. I wonder who this is going to benefit. Los Angeles, Reuters, a California lawmaker wants to make his state the first to ban incandescent light bulbs as part of California's groundbreaking initiatives to reduce energy use and greenhouse gases blamed for global warming. The how many legislatures does it, legislators does it take to change a light bulb back would ban incandescent light bulbs by 2012 in favor of energy-saving compact fluorescent light bulbs. 
In- I do love those fluorescent light bulbs. Oh, well, they're, they're energy saving. But I would never consider mandating them on anyone. Well, it, you know, you can buy them, you can save money, or you can buy the old incandescent bulbs and, and spend too much. Spend, spend more. Um, I think the marketplace is doing a fine job of promoting the fluorescent bulbs. I mean, if you go to Home Depot or you go to your local hardware store and you look at uh, the bulb section, there's packaging and point-of-purchase displays that make it pretty clear if you look at the fluorescent bulbs, it says right there in the packaging, save $200 a year in electricity costs. And a lot of them have mail-in rebates, too, to get you to try it out. Mm. So I don't I don't understand why the legislators think that this is the way to go. But, you know, I was thinking about – I was trying to come up with some uh, applications where one would have to have an incandescent bulb. Um, I've come up with a couple. Okay. Uh, now, there's this article goes on, but basically it says that, uh, that they intend to do this, uh, or he intends to do this, and who knows whether it'll pass or not. But um, the first thing I was coming up with, do you remember the Christmas display, the little Christmas displays? They're usually made out of balsa wood, and they have a propeller on top, and you put an incandescent bulb in the middle, and it the heats heat it up. Um, causes the propeller to turn, and then you have like a little merry-go-round scene or something. There are a variety of different versions of that sort of thing, yes. Now, I'm, I can't say that this is the most important thing for life, but hey, they pass this. Kids won't enjoy that. Here's another I remember example. that from my, um, from my youth. How about lava lamps? Lava lamps have to use heat. You have to get, you have to heat up the lava. And we've got one up in uh, the bedroom. Uh, if there's a uh, if there's a fluorescent bulb in there, your lava lamp isn't going to do crap. So it's an actual incandescent bulb you put into the lava lamp. Is that how that works? As I understand, it may be more, it may be hotter than an incandescent. I don't know exactly. Maybe what they the use. lava lamp itself is a bulb. I don't know. I no, mean, no, no. There's a bulb that is underneath a glass can you container. It? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because it'll it'll go out eventually. Okay. There's a bulb underneath a glass container, the mm-hmm. actual bu- lava portion of the lamp, mm-hmm. and you just you just pull the uh, the glass part out. Switch out the bulb when you need to, put a new one in there, and uh, that's just not going to work with a fluorescent. I know that's, um, you know, people that have the uh, SAD, seasonal affective disorder, um, a lot of them use incandescent uh, bulbs to to make, to pretend like there's sunlight coming in, but there's also fluorescent ones that uh, mimic sunlight too, so. That's true, they've got different uh, wavelengths on the fluorescent bulbs nowadays. Yeah, there's, so you can get a blue shift one, you can get a sort of a red shift version as well. So, I, you know, there's that, but it's not entirely... Um, you know the greatest. Now, how about um, you have a problem with things freezing at your house, and you, for instance, the pipes underneath mm. your trailer. Say you've got a trailer. There's a certain amount of air between um, the bottom of the trailer and the ground. So you want to keep the pipes from freezing. So you put an incandescent bulb down there. You Is that le- something people do? Yep. Okay. It's done. Um, you leave the bu- the bulb on in order to sort of heat that area just enough to keep it from freezing. Above freezing. Yeah. And huh. You know, it's been done. I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with things so, that incandescent bulbs, you know, basically as a heat source as opposed to a, um, you know, the fluorescent bulbs because they don't create nearly the heat. So California is going to be outlawing the sale of the bulbs or the use of the bulbs. I missed that point. Uh, I believe the sale. Okay. You know what they're really doing here, Mark? This is uh, an example of politicians running out in front of the market. They're spotting a market trend, and that is the market trend is people are already doing this. On their own, because it's in their financial best interest to uh, switch to fluorescent bulbs. They're running out in front of a market trend and saying, Hey, we need to mandate this change. Yo, we got to do what's right for the uh, the people of California. we got to save energy. We are looking out for you guys. And they, they, they're not acknowledging the fact that the, if, what is it, by 2012? 
They're not acknowledging the fact that by 2012, most people are going to have their, because incandescent bulbs only have so many hours that they can run. Those bulbs are going to go out. Those mm-hmm. people who are looking for new bulbs are going to go to the store to, to look for new bulbs. They're going to see, hey, well, there's little spirally things. <laughs> you see them spirally? They, hey, Martha, them spirally. They need old, old fluorescent spirally bulbs because they're cool looking, right? They got a little spirally. They are, they are different. And uh, so they're going to draw their eye to them. They're going to see that they come in the nice three packs or the five packs or the bulk buy discount. And they've got that uh, nice attractive marketing on them that says you're going to save hundreds of dollars a year by using these bulbs. They're going to pick up those spirally bulbs and put them in the lamps. They may or they may not, but that's their choice. But you don't need the government to do this. This is an example of them running out in front of the marketplace, mandating something that the market's already doing on its own. That way, after 2012, the politicians can stand up on the podiums and say, oh, well, you can thank us, California, because if it weren't for us and our laws, we'd still be using incandescent bulbs. You can't trust the market with these sorts of changes. When in fact the market was already going that direction. In all likelihood, they would have uh, done it already, done it themselves in most cases because the as they produce more and more, these fluorescent bulbs are going to get cheaper, um, and you know people are going to buy them because they're going to be as cheap as incandescent bulbs. But you know what about LED bulbs? You know they have even L- better. They're even better than um, fluorescent bulbs. And why do why why are the politicians going to fluorescent ones? Hmm. They're just wasting our time. You know, that's a good question. It, it, it's just it's ridiculous. Now, uh, I did think of uh, I, I had a uh, got an IM here from somebody. What about easy bake ovens? Oh yeah, you got to have those. You got to have the incandescents. For I'm that. sorry, little girls and little future chefs um, out there, they're not going to be able to use their easy bake ovens anymore. Mm. It's a thing of the past. You you'll have to special order incandescent bulbs for the easy bake oven, and they'll probably sell them at uh, I don't know Fisher Price or wherever they sell easy bake yeah. ovens at. Wow. Yeah, are they gonna are they gonna ban importation of incandescents as well for people ordering them online, say from Amazon.freetalklive.com? Will that be banned? I, I I I would imagine. I wonder how far they will go with this with this legislation. Well, they, at this point, it's still just proposed, but it could happen. It sounds like something California would be all about, right? Because they're the ones with the energy crisis, right? Because California has put the uh, the power companies in the hands of the state. Uh, there's a, there been, so they called it decentralization, didn't they? Or no, they called it uh, deregulation. That's mm-hmm. so what they called it a few years ago, when in fact that wasn't true at all. It was an increase in the control of government over the power system in California. And it was after that that they had all those blackouts. So now they're using the blackouts, they're using the crappy government power system as an excuse to force more laws like this on people. So your government power system blows, your response is not to turn the power uh, system over to private industry, but instead to restrict uh, the ways that people can use power, in this in this case, in incandescent yep. bulbs. Is there more in the, uh, to the story, more quotes from bureaucrats or anything like that? We've got that. Yeah, absolutely. Incandescent light bulbs were the first developed almost 125 years ago, and since that time, they've undergone no major modifications, California Assemblyman Lloyd Levine said on Tuesday. Meanwhile, they remain incredibly inefficient, converting only about 5% of the energy they receive into light. Really? Yeah. So what? <laughs> if Let's passed, go the, we got to go to the phones. Johnson okay. in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, hey, uh, I just wanted to talk to you about some technologies that are better than those little fluorescent bulbs, which are just kind of like the first step in getting people ready for new light technologies. Well, there's LEDs. Um, is there something else? 
Yeah, the LED light bulbs are are way better. They're they're uh, they use one tenth the amount of power as the fluorescent ones. But they're also way more and, expensive at this point, right? Uh, they're not that much more expensive considering that they last twice as long. But there's there's other technologies as well. If um, you can hang on, we'll come back yeah. to it. 800-259-9231, because I didn't know that there was anything else besides LEDs. The last time I looked, the LED bulbs were really expensive, though I thought they lasted much longer than twice as long. More on the way. This is your show. Hour three's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. It's your show. Take control of the airwaves. And check out freetalklive.com where everything's free. The largest website of any radio show anywhere. <laughs> I love that claim. Probably. That's it's, great. It's, it's in all likelihood true. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. As we launch into our number three, you take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. I'm still a little under the weather. But even you, Mark, are a little under the weather as well. Oh, it's, yeah. My throat's getting pretty sore. You know, I wonder if uh, I've been s- sick twice now. Since we've been here in New Hampshire, which is a little more often for me. And I've been having uh, this hand swelling issue as well. And I wonder if um, when you move to a new place, like a drastic move, like mm-hmm. we did 1,500 miles from Florida to New Hampshire, mm-hmm. are there uh, are there like different diseases around, different strains of cold and flu and that sort of thing that you're more likely to uh, be less immune to? Does your immune system have a little... Uh, time that it needs to take, a s- series of months that it needs to take to sort of uh, tune you up to the new area that you uh, that you live in. I would think that you no, I would a, a series of months perhaps, but I think we would at uh, six months in all likelihood be tuned up as far as we need to be tuned. And with the way our jet setting culture here in America, yeah. Um, Diseases get spread around pretty quickly. I think that yes, you can go, you can get on a plane from Sarasota, Florida, and fly to Manchester, New Hampshire, and you'll encounter viruses there that you weren't encountering in Sarasota. That's what I'm thinking's going on. Well, but it's been six months, Ian. Right. Those virus. We've had a chance to get acclimated to any viruses there are around here. True, and it but has then nothing again, to do I with your swollen finger. But I sit around the house. Yes, but I'm sick too, and I'm outside every single day. Hmm. Okay. Going and meeting people and stuff. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go back to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live uh, with Ian and Mark. Now, Johnson, we had just started talking about some new technologies. And what started this conversation was that California wants to mandate uh, that people no longer use incandescent bulbs. And as I pointed out, that's just them running out in front of the marketplace so they can claim later on down the line credit for what the marketplace was automatically going to do, and that is shift away from incandescent bulbs. Uh, But then you chimed in with uh, you're pointing out some other technologies in light that uh, we might not have been aware of. I just didn't want everybody to rush out with the fluorescent bulbs things yet because, you know, there's a lot of thought going into the LED light bulb now. Now, the reason the LED light bulb is a little bit more of a complicated equation in that, you know, okay, fluorescent light bulbs last roughly ten times as long as an incandescent bulb. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. Well, your average incandescent bulb lasts for about six months. You mean if you turn it on and leave it on forever? Like you don't turn it off? Regular use, average use. Average use, I think, is like four hours a day. I think that incandescent bulb goes out five or six years if you only use it that often. 
No. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. You okay. Have to normally, have to change them a couple times a year. Um, and a fluorescent bulb is it has a lifespan that is, that is about five years with average use. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I've, but maybe by average just... use, by average use, I mean more like eight hours a day in an office. I see where you're coming from. I've got to say, though, my experience so far with the fluorescent bulbs is that maybe they're just built crappily and cheap, but I've had them kind of bomb out a little bit faster than the incandescents. Well, you know, the good news is that, in, you know, I, I kind of am interested in the LED technology because that is supposed to last uh, 10 years. Oh, yeah. It's LEDs are awesome. LEDs last 100,000 hours. Well, and here's the other thing is that the LEDs use something on the order of like one watt or one-tenth of a watt or something like that. The amount of power that they use is one-tenth of what a fluorescent bulb uses, which yeah. means it's basically one one-hundredth of what an incandescent uses, and they last so much longer. So, sure, you can get a fluorescent bulb that is equivalent to an incandescent bulb for about $20. Now, that's a lot for a light bulb, but is it really when you consider how much electricity that's going to save you over the course of 10 years? Do you years? mean an LED light bulb? For, um, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. You said fluorescent, and that was what uh, uh, confused me there, because I know oh, the, the fluorescents are not that much. Minced words. No problem. So um, now, comp compare quickly go through and compare um, the time that they last versus how much they cost and how much energy they use. Well, I mean, how much does your average, Ian, you, you could fill in the, the gaps here. How much does an average fluorescent bulb cost? No, oh, I don't know. Cents. You can get a fluorescent bulb? No, it's more than that. You have to pay like seven bucks for a three-pack or something like that. Seven oh, bucks for a three-pack. So per bulb, you're talking about, you know, maybe what, two bucks? Yeah, something $2. like that. Two and a half, yeah. two fifty, right, versus 20. So, you know, you're talking, and, and you know, what, a, a regular incandescent bulb is what? Two bucks too, That's right? less than that. No, that was the forty cheaper. cent one. That yeah, they're like sixty cents, cents, sixty cents to a dollar at most. Okay, so you're talking about sixty cents for an incandescent bulb, but who, who knows what, how much you know? You're gonna have to replace them all. By the way, I, right? I gotta say, I think you're wrong on your uh, your replacement, your lifetime. Just looking quickly at Wikipedia, um, there's there's some numbers here. Uh, a one hundred watt, thousand hour, seventeen hundred lumen bulb at half voltage would extend its life to about 65 million hours over 7,000 years while reducing its light output to 160 lumens. And then they give you another example of a 40-watt bulb in Texas, which has been illuminated since September 21st, 1908. So I'm pretty sure if you go and you look at the uh, the marketing on those incandescent, incandescent bulbs, you're going to see a five- to six-year lifespan. But that's just my guess. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. And, they, yes, I've, I've actually seen they, they displayed that, uh, that light bulb that you're talking about in the firehouse in Texas. They displayed that light bulb, and they visited it on the Mythbusters. The reason why that light bulb lasts so long is because they turned down the wattage on it so that it's just a dull glow. <laughs> I see. And that's, that's why that light bulb has lasted so long. It's also an old-style light bulb, so it was made with thicker glass and a much larger filament. Either way, now, even, if they're both, even if they both last the same amount of time, it's still better to go fluorescent because it's, it's just going to be less uh, power usage. Well, I think even better would be to go LED because, I mean, sure, the bulb might cost you $20, but it's going to last so much longer, and you're going to save so much money in electricity. That's the thing. I don't know how much, you know, I would have to go through and do the calculations on how many watts, how many extra watts would be used over the course of 10 years right. of average use of a light bulb and then calculate how much does that cost. Yeah. My guess is it's probably a lot. Especially right, and that's also, that it would also out. be presuming that over 10 years electricity stayed the same price, and that's right. probably going to go up.
No, even better than that. You know, this is a huge outlay for, you know, expenses. But, uh, you know, maybe this will come down is that they're doing a lot of things with uh, fiber optics. What they do is they put a mirrored tube in the roof of your house, and then they run fiber optics, and those fiber optics actually uh, pipe daylight into your house and into the office environment especially, and that way it's all natural lighting. Didn't you know somebody that was selling that down in Florida, Mark? Somebody selling those? Those little tube lighting things. Oh, the tube lighting's uh, oh, different. That's a. That's uh, not the same. No, that's not the same. It, this is th- that's a uh, what do they call those? Uh, skylight. It's a skylight that has a mirrored tube um, that goes in, you know, from the the roof to the ceiling. We're not talking about uh, how does fiber optics improve? Yeah, that? those are cool. I've, those are cool, but there's actually a new one that takes that technology one step further. Right. In that it's a it's a mirrored tube that. Trunk, you know, it ends in a uh, into a, a bundle of fiber that then gets piped into you know rooms and stuff like and that. It, so and I would think it would be bend able to, around corners. It would be able to t- carry a lot more lumens, as it were. You you have this light collecting device out there. Right, they've got like a dish. And then you've got a, a, oh. a essentially a cable of fiber optics. I see. That you so, run into your house in the walls. So you don't. I see what you're saying. So you don't actually have uh, holes in every room ceiling. You've got one hole where the fiber optics coming in, right. and that that lights the whole house. I get. You. Exactly. Neat. And that's very cool, too. I mean, that's another great way to, uh, you know, because most of the daytime, there you go. You don't have to have lights on. That saves even more energy. Then the last little bit of technology that I think is really cool is they've got this light-emitting uh, light emitting optical fiber, which is basically they've now invented an LED that bends, and it looks like neon, but it's like glow sticks. Are you know, the, the, ones the long, they're... bendy glow sticks that you always get at carnival, carnivals and stuff like that. People make them in necklaces and bracelets. Right. Is this the stuff that they're putting in t-shirts now? Um, no. Well, kind of. Yeah, actually, I think it might be related. I've heard of um, some sort of an application of something that sounds like this, where they're, they've actually got light-emitting fibers of some sort that they can literally sew into a t-shirt and create shirts with uh, light-emitting patterns. I thought that was actually not... Ne- well, that's, I think... Um, what that is is a bioluminescent display, which is actually like big little panels of stuff and circuit boards. This is more like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, those plastic glow sticks that you get at carnivals and fairs, the ones that they make in necklaces. Yeah. It looks like that. It looks huh. like a kind of a light tube, which is pretty cool, I guess, for signage. And the, the one application that, I see, that I've seen for it is that they want to start installing them in freezers, like the... the going to be some cool, cool things coming in the future for lighting. And, uh, Johnson, thanks for sharing that with us. We appreciate it more on the way. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. You know, I look for those LED bulbs. They're just hard to find at this point. I want some, though. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231 on the Packet 8 toll-free line. And go to freetalklive.com and check out the BBS. It's a message board system with 180,000 posts. Ooh, and like that's a lot of posts. 15 or 1,600 posters on there. Just It's really, really active. And uh, you can talk about anything on there, from libertarian issues to, oh, inanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot of fun. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, Attaining Economic and Personal Freedoms in America's Freest State. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information. And to get registered, that's freestateproject.org 
slash Liberty Forum, and I'm looking forward to this event. It is going to be tremendous. Lots of libertarian luminaries like John Stossel, Ron Paul, and a number of others going to be attending, speaking, and uh, you and I are going to be there broadcasting live the entire time. We are going to broadcast live. I shan't be doing any of the uh, the hosting um, of the, the panels, like I said before. They've, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry to hear that, but at least you're going to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have a good time despite all that, and looking forward to, uh, to meeting a number of our listeners and uh, meeting a number of people that haven't heard of Free Talk Live yet and giving out bumper stickers. I'm going to have bumper stickers. So oh, that's a good uh, idea. If you've yet to send in your self-addressed stamped envelope uh, to get a free bumper sticker, you'll be able to get a free bumper sticker if you're at the forum. Uh, 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. Let's go to the email box. Mark, what have you got for us? Well, um, it's an email from Brian, and he says, Mark, I just, wanted, I just listened to the podcast where you were claiming that, America, that Americans are superior. Actually, you didn't say that, but Ian was able to twist what you said into something like that. <laughs> you, were struggling, um, you were struggling with Ian and trying to defend your position, which I agree with, but, it's difficult, um, but it is difficult to elucidate. I've struggled with this before, and here are my thoughts to help bolster your argument. I don't think any culture is superior to any other culture, just as any individual is not superior to any other individual, merely by being born. It is is what each individual does with his or her life that defines them. I had a beer with a very intelligent... Oh, excuse me. Having um, having said that, I must say that I've spent a lot of time outside the um, the culture that we call America. I've spent time in Japan, Africa, um, Eastern, Western, and Northern Europe, Australia, and Asia. I've seen a lot of culture and a lot of strange customs, but I've noticed two things about people in different cultures. One, they're not like us, and two, they love us. Hmm. I had a beer with a very intelligent person just outside of Amsterdam. We talked, in English, American actually, about current events, culture, new music, and other things. It was like talking to a friend across the table. Somehow the topic got to healthcare. We assumed that any educated person, um, he assumed that any educated person just naturally thought the right thing to do was that all people had the right to healthcare. Back then, I didn't have the same rhetorical technique of mentioning the gun in the room, but I tried to ask him who would pay, f- um, who would pay for someone else's health care if they couldn't pay. And the answer was, um, his answer varied, but always came around to the requirement that society will pay. And at that point, I became aware of a um, critical difference of opinion that was based on cultural indoctrination. He just hadn't thought about the possibility of personal responsibility when it came to health care. Okay. Flash to Tokyo. When I tried to set up a consulting and seminar business, I had some pretty successful events, but always had trouble cashing my checks and taking that money home. Turns out that I had to have a bank account in Japan in order to do business in Japan. And in order to have an account, I had to be a Japanese citizen. Fortunately, <laughs> one, of my, one of my business partners was a Japanese citizen and opened an account and put my, na- my money in his account, and he would uh, reimburse me later once all the checks had cleared. This seemed dangerous and risky to me, but it was the only way I could achieve my goals. He didn't see any problem with, at all with it, and we ended up um, at a karaoke bar and drank lots of beer. The next day, while still sobering up, I asked him why it was so difficult to do business in his country. He was completely unaware that there was any difficulty at all. It was perfectly normal to um, wait for months or years to be granted permission to open a business. I just wanted to get the money I had made in Japan back, um, back into my bank account. It took six months, which didn't seem to bother my host at all. It was normal. Hmm. Now, I've had many other experiences, but they all revolve around a similar theme. That is that the vast majority of people on Earth, based on my um, statistically limited but geographically broad experience, are followers. They are very, there are very few... That includes Americans. 
it it does, but um, you just need to have a statistically um, a larger amount in order to be able to say the Americans are naturally leaders. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're saying there are more leaders in the United States? I I would say that people are more likely to strike out on their own, and that this is a um, you know a culture that in fosters. a less so I, I would say that in a less socialist nation, yeah, probably people are more likely to strike out on their own. Sure, does that make them better people? I, I don't I, know about that. If if it helps. It's a better society if that society is in line with what your goals are. If what your goal is is to bask in the sun and drink beer, you should go to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. It's great for that. Their society is in line with that, or at least what I saw of their society over there. I can't say you know what life is like in the whole Caribbean or anything like that. But when I was down there, it seemed like a really good place to hang out, smoke pot, and drink beer, and sure. not do a heck of a lot of work, and not to have a lot of bills either. Um, so... You know, different cultures, if the culture lines up with what you want to do, then it's a good culture. Gotcha. That's what I'm, uh, I guess I'm trying to say. And I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for the argument that you and I had that uh, a couple of weeks ago regarding the superiority of America. I do believe that America is a superior culture. Is Hong Kong superior to America? I've never been there. Um, I would like America to be as easy to do business as Hong Kong with maybe some protections for um, intellectual property. They, Hong Kong doesn't seem to be very good in that arena. Okay, there are very few leaders. I think that this is evolutionary because if you took all the mammals and um, there are very, there are few leaders and the rest are followers. In the animal kingdom, this is a necessity. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Too many leaders um, fail to bring down the caribou for dinner. In relation to other mammals, however, humans have large um, have really large brains for some reason, and we are capable of questioning authority and acting as a leader or as a follower depending on the circumstance. The people who control most governments in the world have done an exceptional job of brainwashing the humans under their control to forget that they can be leaders. Absolutely, and that's what the government uh, school system here in the United States is designed around. The government school system is designed around indoctrinating Americans with the belief that they just need to grow up and get a job, and that's it. And that's what the purpose is, is to create a class of uh, people, serfs essentially, that won't question their situation. That won't question the, uh, the their surroundings. That won't uh, strike out on their own. That won't take risks. And they've been very, very effective at it. The um, you know, there's there's certainly some quotes um, from the founders of our public school system that back that up. Yeah. Yeah. The result has been um, to create a two-class system of politically connected leaders and taxpayers slash their followers. The yep. effect of this philosophy has been to create more and more numerous sheep and fewer and more powerful controllers. Not only and, – and they're very happy sheep as well because mm-hmm. at the same time that they've been raised with this uh, don't question authority mantra, with the don't question your place in life mantra, with the just be a good little citizen, go along with whatever the government says mantra, do whatever you – you know, stay at your job for your whole life – all of these things that we're indoctrinated with, all along at the same time we've got all these comfortable uh, accoutrements. We've got these uh, these television sets. We've got cell phones. We've got air conditioning. We've got a, a very comfortable lifestyle. So it makes it easy to just plug in and forget about all of uh, possibly st- striking out on one's own and doing something leadership-like. Well, he gets around to really what is uh, the, the crux of the email is here uh, in the next segment. So. All right, 800-259-9231. I agree with him so far. I mean, well, he's going to tell you why Americans are superior. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to this. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. 
If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, give us a call at 1-800-259-9231 at the Packaday toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You go to freetalklive.com and check out the live stream. We have a live stream there for broadband and live stream for dial-up. So whatever your needs, freetalklive.com, absolutely free. There you go, freetalklive.com. And uh, you know what, Mark? I think we've got uh, a excellent book to talk about here. Jewel Thornton, uh, once again, returning to the airwaves to advertise with us. She's so nice. Glad to have her along. Um, is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call one 800 Six five seven five zero six six. There you go. Eight hundred six five seven five zero six six. We're talking about an email that you got in from uh, one of our listeners in regards to why Americans are allegedly the best. Now, I've actually agreed with the points so far, and it, let me just—he's just, re- just been better at phrasing what I've said so at this point. As I understand, let me make sure I've understood what he said uh, correctly. I believe he's pretty much said he's been around the world, been to a variety of different countries, done business with people in different countries, and have found that the people in other countries are sort of used to being tyrannized by their governments. In the case of Japan, for instance, uh, you have to actually be a Japanese citizen in order to open a bank account, and you have to have a bank account in order to do business in Japan. So all kinds of crazy regulations and uh, restrictions. It took forever to get the, the process, tra- uh, the transaction processed, and they're just things that people consider normal in other countries that are a result of government meddling and a result of government regulation that we don't have to necessarily deal with here in the United States. He's pointing out that uh, in the government education system that they've essentially uh, been working towards making people serfs in this country and uh, de- de- deteriorating the number of leaders in America as well. Well, he's, he's basically saying that um, all countries do this. And that, um, well, let me read what he says. Okay. Um, I think this is a natural thing. The controllers get more powerful because the sheep let them. In Northern Europe, the controllers have had centuries to mold their sheep into submission. In Asia, Asia, the culture has had millennia. In America, they've had only 100 years or so. As a result, there's still a ghost of free minds and free markets in America that allow innovation and intervention. Excuse me, invention. Um, I would also argue that uh, it would be the less the followers and more the quote-unquote leaders or leaders without uh, a pack, as it were, that would be likely to pick up everything they own, you know, put it in some bags and get on a steamer or whatever um, and go to America to start a new life. Uh, definitely risk takers, for sure. So those people would be more likely to be leaders, and so therefore they add to the the um, equation. I that, see, but, um, but I still agree with his assertion that it's just a ghost of uh, free market more than anything else at this point. At, at this point, they've managed to uh, maybe not kill the entrepreneurial spirit of America, but they have managed to... Uh, cage it. In They've the- done a darn good job. We had Wayne in here on Wednesday night. I don't remember if he said it on air or not, but he pointed out that he'd probably own his own factory by now if it weren't for all the regulations and restrictions. They didn't kill his spirit, though. They caged it. I see where you're coming from. So, I mean, a lion but will still kill you if it's in a, um, you know, if, if, but you can put it in a cage. Right. So, perhaps they'll kill it over time. Like, I think they've killed it in other countries. Yeah. 
I think they've caged it here in America with all the regulations. Got it. So let me go on. Um, as a result, there are still a ghost of free minds and free markets in America that allows innovation and invention. Americans created mass production, the automobile, the airplane, the toilet, movies, the transistor radio, the computer, the cell phone, the Internet, to name a few of the things that they've um, had worldwide impact and made the lives of billions of people more comfortable, safe, and productive. What kind of innovation has come out of northern Europe besides loot fisk? What is a loot fisk? You'll have to Wikipedia that one. I don't know. Oh, somebody Wikipedia and give it to me. Um, Japan excels at making smaller, more efficient cars and electronics, but they do it using the concept of interchangeable parts that Eli Whitney invented with the assembly the line. Gin. Yeah, the Scott assembly line um, that Henry Ford perfected. Okay. Call it Yankee ingenuity if you want, but I think that it. Um, this is a that. I think of it as a living in an environment of freedom and unlimited opportunity. It has only been in the past 50 years or so that the fascists have really gained control of the United States government and created an environment of oppression and fear. Before that, however, America was the most free and the most productive of any country in the history of Earth. Forgive me for putting words in your mouth, Mark, but no, thank you very much for putting words in my mouth, Brian, <laughs> because you did a heck of a lot better job with this than I did, because all I did was enrage Ian, um, whereas you have, look at him, he's, he's happy, he's smiling, he's sitting over there smiling, um, but I think that, um, that, that this is what you had in mind when you said that Americans were better, uh, better than the citizens of the rest of the world. Shame on you for giving Ian such a big target, but I understand that uh, what you were getting at, you were thinking about people who grew up in a culture of innovation and limited opportunities, which is unfortunately so rare in the rest of the world. Do they want to, okay, I think that you really just had to be more choosy with your words. Um, I don't think that Americans are better people. They're people just like any other people, but they may live in better circumstances. America is better, is what I said. They may live under better circumstances, Mm -hmm. and now, as you've admitted, those circumstances are deteriorating, as in other countries, they're improving. For instance, Hong Kong, the number one most economically free place in the world. But uh, Hong Kong isn't another country. Hong Kong was started... Okay, whatever. I'm not talking about the country part. What I'm telling you is Hong Kong's even newer than America. It's independent It was a rock. That's yeah. all. A rock that they built a, right. a, a center of commerce on. So I, Hong Kong's new, too. You can keep using the dodge of it's not a, it's not a real country, I'm but not it's saying independent country. enough what I'm to saying make is the it's top new. of the list. What I'm saying is it's new. Yeah. So it only follows this, um, what he's laid out here, uh, to a T. It hasn't had the chance to regulate the crap out of itself yet, either. It still has the entrepreneurial spirit. I'm not arguing about it being a country, Ian. I see where you're I'm arguing from. about its newness. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Americans are not just better because they were born here. However, they are born into a culture of freedom and innovation that has been admired as an industrial and social force. I've seen this freedom evaporate greatly in my lifetime, and I see us drifting towards the socialist fascist mindsets of much of the rest of the world. We need to put a stop to this drift and get back to the fiercely individualistic, freedom-oriented society that created our modern America. And there's only one way that's going to happen. And that's the free state process. I really believe that. Yep. What else could it? What else could it be? There's nothing else. The free state project is the solution. You know, all basically what we, we have will be to, the Hong Kong of America. We have to get people to move to New Hampshire. Liberty-minded people that want to see um, liberty in our lifetimes move to New Hampshire, and we have to get um, twenty thousand signers on that website at some point. 
Absolutely. And, you know, even if we uh, even if it takes another decade to get to 20,000 signers, which personally I don't think it will, I think at some point you're going to see a critical uh, mass achieved. You're going to see a point of saturation at which people will become more and more aware of the Free State Project and therefore more and more signups will start mm-hmm. to happen. If not, for any other reason, that Free, t- uh, Free Talk Live will get on more and more radio stations. We absolutely will get on more and more radio stations and we're not going to stop talking about the Free State Project because we believe in it. Right. You know, um, and we've walked the walk. We've actually come 1,500 miles from mm-hmm. Florida to be part of the to actually move as part of the early movers as the first hundred. I think we were in the first 150 movers actually, Mark. Uh, the first, something like that. Certainly the first. Uh, I think I was actually the 420th. Um, member oh to uh, to be a part of New Hampshire's uh, the Free State Project. That includes the people that that already lived here after the state was chosen. But I am convinced, as are you, that the Free State Project is the only chance to restore liberty in our lifetimes here in the United States. It seems it seems like the uh, most expeditious way. Um, Nothing else has worked. No, I mean it's been 35 years, and the libertarian movement has been around here in this country in one form or another, and they've gotten absolutely nowhere fast. They they really they haven't managed to get anybody um, elected in any major uh, role. Uh, to be fair to them, what they have done is they've done an okay job at spreading the word about freedom. I mean, if it weren't for the libertarian mm-hmm. movement or the libertarian party in general, if Harry Brown hadn't run for president, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have come across uh, the libertarian party. I, I, so, I get where you're coming from on that, and I think that the RLC has a a chance. But you but know, as far as results of actually getting things to change in a, the political climate, not so much. God, it, there's it's such a big game in Washington. It's so yeah. valuable to those people. Um, the, the lobbyists. I, I can't imagine the American people being able to fight against the lobbyists at this point. I think we've lost that battle. Yeah. I think Washington. I think Washington's conquered land. It pretty much is. I think that it, which um, is why I support in a state in a state government. You might have a chance of um, taking it back over in a state government like New Hampshire's, where they already have an understanding of what freedom and personal liberties are all about, and where. Um, there's so many representatives, it's difficult for the lobbyists to, to get anywhere. Right, though there are some bad representatives here in New Hampshire sure as well are. that don't have that understanding. Though, if we move more liberty-oriented people in and they run those, their campaigns, they can win those offices, and we can take the state back for freedom. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. This is Mark with you. And Ian here. Hey, you finally did that for the first time ever. Well, I'm practicing. What can I tell you? Well done, sir. So, the AMP program. Yes. If you like what you hear on Free Talk Live, and you like the way we're spreading the message of liberty every evening here from three hours a night, uh, six days a week, and you want to help spread the message of liberty, probably in my in my humble estimation, in the most efficient manner that uh, it is being currently spread anywhere. I think 320 of our listeners would agree with that. So, uh, they, they may agree, they may not, but at the very least, they're supporting us. <laughs> and they're uh, doing it to the tune of, uh, you know, we ask for $3 a month. Some people go um, higher than that. Some people so go 10. 200 One guy did 200 Yeah, it, it's done. So, um, And we use that money to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. We That's use, right. We use it for industry magazine advertisement. We use it to go to um, radio conventions. We use it to go to podcasting conventions. Um, we sent out a couple guys for that, right? Yep, that's right. Johnson and Torgo went there. I want to make sure that I, I had that correct. Um, we do a, internet advertising, all kinds of things to get more listeners and more stations involved with Free Talk Live. We're going to a convention next month, as a matter of fact. It'll yes, be, we are. It'll be good for us, too, because last time, at this time of year last year, we were gearing up to go to our very first talk radio convention. 
that our amplifiers are paying for. And, you know, Mark, you and I had never been to a talk radio <laughs> convention before. I've been to a convention before, just not a talk radio one, and it was certainly not under this sort of uh, situation. The one sort of, the sort of convention I went to was for a network marketing group that I used to work for when I was younger, and uh, not the same at all. In this case, we've got to go and schmooze, we've got to meet people, we've got to shake hands, we've mm-hmm. got to kiss babies, we've got to give out business cards. Okay, there's not actually babies to kiss. No babies, no hot women. They're definitely schmoozing, and there are attractive women. They're just hired help to... Uh, Right, smooths uh, the business guys. Anyway, so we're going to be there again this year, but it would be better for us this year because now more people know who Free Talk Live is. So because we went to those talk conventions last year, we sort of built the ground floor and got ourselves seen by the by the decision makers. Actually, physically met. I am my daytime job. People ask sometimes, "What do you do during the day?" Well, I call radio stations mm-hmm. during the day. Um, though I've been actually having less and less time, considering I've, I've got more and more things to do. Um, but that's okay because it's not as important for me to be as heavy on the phones this year as it was last year because more people know us. More people have seen those advertisements that the amplifiers have paid for. So we're actually more likely to get an incoming phone call from a radio stra- uh, station nowadays. Than not that that happens. Past. Not that it happens very often, but, but it happens more now than it did in the past. At the very least, when you call, they know who the heck they're talking to. Right. Yep. They, you remember when we were at the Talkers Convention? They, they, you know, they've seen the pictures of the two of us, and I'm sure that they imagine that the dashingly good-looking one is calling them. <laughs> you remember when Not we the were at the Talkers Convention last year, guy. Mark, and we were schmoozing around in the uh, the little convention room? They've got, they, they've yeah. got these parties where everybody just... You were just... so good at that, by the way. What, schmoozing? You, you were good at... Well, I wasn't so great at Talkers. I just sort of... I don't think I was as outgoing at Talkers as I was at the first convention. I, I would agree with you on that one, um, that you, the second convention you were quite quite as... We didn't have to be quite as outgoing. People knew who we were. We were getting dragged dra- right, around. That was my point, was that the guy, one of the editors from Talkers mm-hmm. came up to us, said, Hey, free talk live! And, uh, yeah, we, can we get your picture? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, sure, you could have Take our picture. picture. sure. And uh, we looked all cracked out in the picture. Yeah, uh, we were tired. <laughs> it, just, it was not the greatest picture of us. But nonetheless, it made it in Talkers Magazine, mm-hmm. and it was really cool to be recognized by the industry people that people, you know, people read this magazine. This right. is the industry it's magazine. It's working. Yeah. It's working. It is working. And so, it is amp.freetalklive.com. If you want to see this show go somewhere and spread the message of liberty, that's what you're all about. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, sign up, and... Uh, and you get perks. Yeah, yeah there are perks. That's uh, right. Ampli- Amplifier-only call-in lines, Amplifier-only mm-hmm. forum, and some other neat things as Some well. classic archives. That's right. Amp.freetalklive.com to South Florida's Sun Sentinel. A petition drive to get Confederate-themed clothing banned from school grounds. Really? Has exposed a rift at Hollywood Hills High. The episode might lead to Broward County School Board uh, examining whether its student conduct code should address the Confederate flag. Sophomore Ilana Hostick started a petition this week at Hollywood Hills in hopes of pressing officials to ban the symbol, hmm. considered a show of rebel pride by some and a remainder of southern race-based prejudice by others. Yeah, man, this is a tough issue. The petition garnered as many as 300 signatures, but added to tensions at Hollywood Hills after students who support wearing the flag on shirts, belt buckles, or other garments started a counter-petition. Hostick, who's 15, said... My only goal is to ban the Confederate flag from Broward schools. People are really offended by it. Well, it's not the Confederate flag she wants to ban. She wants to ban any representation of the Confederate flag at all. Any right. kind of re- representation of the stars and bars. Doesn't matter if it uh, you've got the word redneck spelled out with it sort of inside <laughs> the letters or whatever. That's what she wants to ban because, because there she, aren't any Confederate flags being flown at any schools. Because she doesn't understand the Confederate flag. She has the typical high schooler 
understanding of what the Confederacy was all about, and that is, it was all about slavery. Those Southern folk just wanted to keep black people down. That's what that flag stands for. When, in fact, the other, uh, I think it was a year or so ago, you saw a black guy walking down the street in Florida. I've seen with a... two. I've seen two black guys in the South wearing Confederate flags. It's the most amazing thing. To... What do you but think I... they know that this uh, 15-year-old girl do- doesn't I, know? I would assume that they are uh, playing with the ironic, is what I would assume that they're doing. Um, I... I can't imagine that the pe- people entirely understand this issue, but maybe some of them do. If you're wearing a Confederate flag and you're a black man, I would expect you understand the issue. Okay. I, I think that a lot of people that that fly the Confederate flag or have the Confederate flag as bumper stickers and that kind of thing really think that it is anti-black, and that's the reason they do it. True. I think that – I personally love the Stars and Bars. I think that it's a beautiful flag. I love it. I'm from the South. But I won't display it anywhere because I think that it offends people. People don't understand. Right. So there was a story that we read last year about a a black gentleman who lives in the South who actually uh, he wears a Confederate uniform. He wears the uniform of the Confederate military. And he walks around with a Confederate flag. He'll he just walks downtown in whatever area he was. I don't remember which state it was, but he just walks around with his Confederate flag, and he's got a Confederate uniform on. Black man, that's a man who understands the symbolism. Maybe he does. I don't know. No, I don't know. There what was they... an interview with him. He definitely understands that okay. it's all about states' rights, sovereignty. It's and... not all about that, though. It is somewhat about um, slavery, and that's the, the states' right right that was at an issue was. Uh, slavery. Now, I'll admit to you that Lincoln oh, was no. I think there was it was more to it than that. It was taxation as well. They were taxing the southern textile manufacturers more than the northern textile manufacturers were getting taxed. So it was essentially a subsidy to the northern textile manufacturers. That was another big factor. Uh, understood, but that doesn't that doesn't really go into states' rights. Do you understand? I mean, the the, the government was getting unfair amounts of money from the south as the, as it was to the north and subsidizing the north yeah that's true the states rights that they were that i'm talking about in that case were the were the right to secede that was the right. Understood. They were tired of the taxes. Why did they choose to, to secede, though? Because they were tired of being taxed more than the others. You know, there was a big abolitionist movement going on. Abraham Lincoln was an abolitionist um, and got voted out, you know, down the, the first time. You see, the thing is, is you can't just pin it on this one thing. It's true that states' rights were involved. And slavery was a factor, yes. It, it, yeah. But it slavery wasn't was all a factor. about slavery. No, no, it wasn't all about slavery. Now, if, if it was all about slavery, then Abraham Lincoln would have um, signed the Emancipation Proclamation immediately upon... Um, um, you know, the, the secession of the the last state. But he didn't. It was two years into the war bef- before he freed the slaves. Mm. So, you know, you got to ask yourself, what was really the motivation here behind this guy? Hostick, who is Jewish, said the student display of the flag on campus has caused tension between white, black, and Jewish students. About 2,200 students are involved. I don't know why it would cause any tension among Jews. I'm not sure either. I mean, the, the, I think it was the first secretary of the Treasury, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, of the, um, Confeder- of the Confederacy was in fact Jewish. Yeah, and I don't think they were enslaved either. No, no. I mean, it, if Jews are confused here, it's just because, um, like I said, some bigots do fly the Confederate flag for the fact right. of, you know, that's the problem with it, is that there's bigots um, out there that who've are flying it, it. Yeah. who've adopted it, and that's that's bad news. About 2,200 students are enrolled at the school, 41% white, 20 black, 35% Hispanic. Some students have been confronted or confronted each other on campus this week over the flag since the petition was circulated, but the incidents have not been violent, school district spokes bureaucrats said. And apparently the principal stopped the petitioning Tuesday on grounds it was done without proper permission. God you can't knows. petition in our school. 
Well, freedom of speech does not apply in government it schools. It sure doesn't. <laughs> Kids, forget it. School we board. might teach you about freedom of speech. We're not going to allow that crap here. School board member Eleanor Sobel, who res- uh, represents the Hollywood area, said she was surprised to learn over the stir of, over the flag. Sobel said she would prefer that the students not wear or display the flag. The school has no plans to modify its dress code policy, which does not prohibit Confederate-themed clothing, but does plan to schedule an open forum where students can discuss differences with each other and diversity experts. Now, that would be interesting to uh, to attend, I think. Oh, I'd like to be a diversity expert. Sobel says she'd push for the school board to discuss the issue. I've got some pretty diverse opinions. She says, I'm, I'm satisfied with the way the principal's handling it, but looking at this long term, I think the policy should be clarified when there's potential for conflict. The school district doesn't address the Confederate flag specifically, which states that students may not wear clothing that, quote, supports discrimination. Hmm. So it, just because some people infer that it supports discrimination doesn't actually mean that it supports discrimination. Just like those uh, flashing signs in Boston weren't actually supposed to be bombs. But people, for some reason, thought they were. Do you know black people could own um, uh, black people could own slaves See in you tomorrow Louisiana? Night, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 